Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Caitlin J. McCall. And I'm Kirsty McConnell. And welcome to Season 8, Episode 7 of the Pet Photographers Club podcast. Our guest today has been a portrait and wedding photographer for over 10 years and has grown her business to include a small team of support staff. Most of you will know her from her active role in the photography community as one half of the photography education company, IPS Mastermind. It's Rachel Bohr. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Rachel. Thank you, and great job with my last name. Even I don't say it right. I think you did very well. <laughs> I, like I liked the um, very hesitant pause. Did you overthink it for a second there, Kirst? I totally overthought that. I was like, come on, Kirsty, be natural here. You're in season nine recording or season eight at least. You know how to do this by now. Uh, <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, Thank you. So great to have you on the show, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I guess that was a very brief in- introduction. Um, but as we were chatting before we hit record, we'd love to sort of know your journey um, before we dive into IPS, which is what we're dying to chat to you about because you are absolutely the IPS um, mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's start at the start and find out a little bit about um, who you are and your journey as a photographer. Sure. I would love to share. I love sharing my story because I feel like it is so relatable for a lot of people. It's very, very similar to a lot of photographers' journeys. And I think um, I'm really happy that, as you'll hear when I start telling it, that I made some of the mistakes that I did early on because it gave me a lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge that I have been able to share since then. So let me start with the embarrassing parts. Um, I started out uh, as a photographer about 12 years ago. I came from a um, a career in music, actually. I was a Juilliard-trained um, violist, and I it played professionally and taught professionally. And music was really my, my whole world growing up. But at some point, about 12 years ago, I decided I wanted to branch into something else. I was a little burnt out on music. So I picked up a camera, and very quickly I decided I need to go into business after only having you know a couple months of experience with a camera. And so obviously, <laughs> it was a premature decision. I didn't know anything about business whatsoever. I did not know what I was doing. And so I set up a website and a Facebook group or a Facebook page. And I, um, I thought, how much should I charge? And so I looked at what the the girl down the street was charging and she was charging $50 for a session with all the digital files included. So I said, okay, well, I'm newer than her, so I'll charge 40. So I started no. out pretty much, I know, as low as you can go. And I was doing sessions with, you know, a full set of digital images for 40 bucks. And um, I felt pretty good about myself, you know, but pretty quickly I realized that wasn't going to be enough to make my time away from my children worth it. I couldn't even pay the babysitter when I got home, you know? So I uh, raised my prices a little bit and a little bit more and gradually started to come to the realization that if I was going to do this as a business, not as a hobby, Hobby, um, I was really going to need to figure out how to run this business correctly. And so I started studying business. I actually went to the public library and I took out every book on business that they had. And I just went through every single book. Then I went to the next library, the next town over and took out every single book and really just dove in and um, taught myself about things like marketing and how to price profitably and how to sell your work. And 
um, around that time, someone introduced me to this idea of, she called it in-person sales or IPS. And this just seemed revolutionary to me because nobody that I knew was selling their photographs this way. Everybody was still doing the you know, the CD of, of digital images. And I thought, wait a minute, people actually want you know, prints and they actually want help, um, you know, designing albums and things like that. I can do that. And so I jumped right in with both feet. I'm kind of one of those people. I don't know if you ladies are, but you get an idea and you just jump in, you know, very excitedly with maybe not as much that preparation. <laughs> pretty much epitomizes yeah. Kirstie and I. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and gosh, shiny new yeah. idea. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And that's not always a good thing, but in this case, it was the right thing to do. I was able to jump in and start selling my photographs in person. And, you know, I, I like to really focus on the fact that at that time, nothing about the quality of my work changed immediately, but the quality of my interaction with my clients changed immediately. And what happened is my average sale tripled literally overnight, overnight. And that was just a huge wow. shock to me. Like, oh my goodness, people will pay for this service. People want this service. They want help figuring out what to do with all these beautiful images that we've taken. I can do that. And so I became very you know, excited about it. I started sharing all about IPS with any photographer that would listen. I was like, look, you can make more money and your clients are happier. You're getting more referrals if you do this, but there's no downside. You know, you got to try this. So I started talking about it. I would teach little workshops in my local area, just trying to, to build up, um, raise up the local industry and get others trying it. And out of that, I created a little Facebook group that was about 10 photographers strong. And within a year, that Facebook group had grown to 30,000 photographers from all over the world, just by itself. It just sort of exploded. And I think it just is a testament to the fact that a lot of people wanted to learn about this, how to sell uh, in person. It's something people were really interested in and still are. And um, there's a lot of people that want to learn how to do it right. So out of that Facebook group, um, which is now around 64,000 members, um, my business partner, Dory Howell, and I created uh, our business together, which is IPS Mastermind, like you said. And that's a business where we teach photographers how to sell, how to market, how to price their work. You know, because so many photographers are so good at taking beautiful images, right? They can create a gorgeous portrait. But when it comes to knowing how to market their business or how to sell, they aren't so comfortable and that's okay, but they just need a little extra support. So that's what we provide through our membership. And that has been a lot of fun the last four years building that as well as keeping my own photography studio going, which is still very active and busy. So yeah, that's the short story. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you're, you're totally right. That is a really relatable journey. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many listeners out there will um empathize with that same realization when you have your very first in-person sales appointment and mm -hmm. you, I mean, that, I, I was the same. I tripled my yeah. average sale and just, I remember dry, I used to do them in the person's home, in the client's home. And I remember driving away from her house, calling my mom and dad going, yeah. oh my goodness, this is like life-changing. Um, but it's just, it's so scary when mm. everything feels safer to just hand over the digitals or just do it online and you're not Absolutely. putting yourself and your artist's ego and everything out there mm. on the line to potentially um, get rejected by the client in person. Mm. I think for me um, and for a lot of people that was initially one of the largest hurdles and also feeling like, oh, am I being all salesy? Like we don't want to mm -hmm. be like that either. Do you have any tips for people teetering on the 
edge or too nervous to jump into IPS for sort of breaking those mental barriers? That is a great question. And that really is the most important question. You know, anybody can learn the mechanics of how to do this, how to set up an ordering software or how to sell. But when it comes to the mindset and really feeling comfortable and confident in that role as a salesperson, that's really where a lot of people get stuck and they struggle. And it's Mm -hmm. understandable because it's exactly what you said, Caitlin. It's putting yourself on the line or like your artist's ego on the line. That's exactly what it feels like, doesn't it? It's almost like you're bearing your soul to these people and saying, okay, here I am. You know, what do you think of me? Um, And it's really, really scary. Please like me. Yeah, it's really scary. But I think one of the most important things is to try to when we experience that fear, which we all do, try to take the focus off of ourselves and how we feel and how, how we think they, they're thinking about us, right? And really refocus all of our energy back on the client. If this is about helping the client and that's all that you're focusing on, it becomes much, much less scary. So I tell people, you know what? Don't even say in-person sales. Call it in-person service. If that helps you get the mentality right where you're thinking, I'm just here to serve these people. I'm just here to make sure that they get what they really want out of this experience and to make it as easy as possible for them. Then you're not sitting there the whole time thinking, oh, what do they think about me? And oh, so stressed. But you're just thinking, how can I serve them? How can I help them? And so it really just changes your perspective and it it can take a lot of the fear away. And then, you know, the more that we focus on that, that experience and that service for the client, the more that that's going to come back around and help us in the long run. They're, they're going to be more likely to come back for another session, more likely to refer you to friends and family, to leave you a great testimonial on Google or whatever it is, if they feel like you have given all your energy and attention to them and providing a great service. So if you can just stay there, focus there, keep your mind there, and don't don't get distracted with those fearful thoughts. Um, it's really amazing what it can do for your business. Rachel, I think that's such a fabulous um, tip. And I love that it was your like. It's your first piece yeah. of advice, you know. Um, we hear <laughs> yeah. it over and over. Um, I mean, obviously, we've interviewed amazing um, guests on the show and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everyone shares fabulous tips. And, um, you know, when this comes up, every, everybody ends up talking about the, this angle as well, as you just yeah. said, you know. Oh, and don't forget, it's also actually a service for your client. But usually yeah. it's, it's at the end. And I'm so excited right. that you said this is the very first first thing to think about, I think it's actually great to flip it upside down and just from the very beginning be like, this isn't about me. This is about them, the client. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I can I can see how that would definitely be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it changes the game, you know, yeah. because then I'm not, I'm not sitting there thinking about how much money am I going to earn? What are they going to buy? What are they thinking about me? Do they think I'm too pushy? It's not about me, 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 me. It's about how can I make sure that they're super happy with this whole experience. How can I make sure they're thrilled that they get what they need and that they want to come back next time for more? And so it just, it helps keep those fearful thoughts at bay. And so mm-hmm. I do, I do think it's the most important thing. Yeah. And that's why I always like to talk about it first. Absolutely. <laughs> no, <it's a> fantastic <laughs> tip. Um, so just to backtrack for a moment, um, where was your business at this point when you went from, well, I mean, you mentioned you went from $40 yeah. <laughs> uh, for everything. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, you know, you read all these books, which also I'm excited to hear you say you read books. Um, that's cool. Rather than, I mean, you know, we can absorb in lots of ways, but to actually physically go to the library is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then you went to, you know, IPS. So yeah. where was the business just before you you changed to IPS? 
that is a great question. So I had inched my pricing up bit by bit, even when I was doing the quote unquote shoot and burn, right? Which is where you just give the digital images on a disc and that's it. I had inched my prices up to about $300 per family um, because I felt like that was the most I could possibly charge. And I was kind of in that zone of thinking, well, no one around here, no one in my area is charging a whole lot more than that. So that's kind of my cap. And then when I made that switch to in-person sales, and I want to stress, nothing else changed. I didn't um, drastically change. Well, obviously, I started offering products at that point, but I had been trying to sell products before then, and no one was buying them. I had had them in my digital gallery, and I would say, you know, if you want, I can do some prints for you, or we can do an album, but no one was taking me up on it because they already had their digital files. And so all I did, the only change I made was going to their houses, like one of you mentioned, like going on location to their home, sitting down with them and saying, let me help you through this process. Just by making that change, my average sale went up to about a thousand, so a little over triple. And then from there, very quickly, I would say within about six months, my average sale was closer to 1800. Um, the year after, we were close to about 2500. And now I've landed at about the 4,400 mark. And that's a happy place for me to be. That allows me to keep a really low volume of work because I have four children who are as we speak, all homeschooling because of coronavirus. And so that has uh, changed the dynamic here at home a little bit. And so if I can just do one client a week at that 4000 or $4,500 mark, that keeps my business in a healthy place. And that's where I'm happiest. Does that so, answer your question? Yes, yeah. it's perfect. And it's actually, I mean, gee, Rachel, everything you say, I just want to dive, you know, dive <laughs> right into and pull all apart. But yeah. um, okay, step-by-step, Kirsty. Uh, so the last part then that you just said, um, I think is something so important that that's where you want to be because it, it works in with your lifestyle. And I think, right. I mean, look, lots of our listeners are a bit further along in their journey of photography. Now, some are just starting out, but still we have this battle with like, how do we do our pricing? And yes, yes. I mean, it's, um, after, you know, uh, such a long time in business like yourself, sometimes it's easy for us to forget that, you know, oh, that's right, we did actually, um, you know, we started at the end, you know, because it was quite a while ago. But And so it's sort of um, natural to us, but um, it took a bit for us to get to that point. And to hear you say and just reiterate, you know, remind everybody that, yeah, it's important to make sure that you know what your personal and your life goals are to match the yes. business goals, not always just focusing on business goal because, you know, everybody says I should make six figures or everybody says I should right, make right. whatever to really make sure it matches your lifestyle. Um, such a great point that you make, Rachel. That's so true. That's so true. And like people will ask me like, well, where should I be priced or how much volume should I take on, you know? And it's sort of like, well, that's really up to you. I mean, that's the beauty of owning your own business, being your own boss. You can decide where you're happy. And if that means you take on one client per month, but you give them amazing service and you're really, um, you know, you're comfortable there and that's enough to pay your bills. Fantastic. If it means that you have three retail studios and you have 18 employees and you're, you know, expanding internationally, great, you do that. But for me, I kind of found my happy place of one client per week that enables me to photograph them and then to go and do their sales appointment to do my, you know, get the order placed and delivered and on to the next client. So I'm only focusing sort of on one thing at a time. And that for me fits my lifestyle really, really well. So that's been my goal all along. Yeah, I th- I feel like um, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword these days having so many online forums and 
having access to all these other photography business owners and everyone, many people are really quite open with chatting about their numbers and everything, which on one hand is great because it lets us know about the potential out there Mm -hmm. if maybe um, you and I charging our $50 for a session, if we had known what other pet photographers or other photographers were doing, maybe we wouldn't have felt like we had to start there just because the other local photographer was. So that's great. But then on the other hand, I think it can be really easy to get hung up on, well, this other photographer is making this much money per week. So I guess that's what I have to do, even though your lifestyle, your goals or whatever could be totally different. So why, like why shoot five clients a week when you have four kids and blah, blah, blah. And the other photographer is shooting five clients a week, but it's just them and they're saving up for their house or whatever. Um, So it can become like a little bit of that double-edged sword. I did like hearing also your journey from this is where my sale went next and then it was 1800 and then it, because I think that's the other issue that when we're first diving into IBS sales, you hear about this client's making $4,000 a week. Okay, great. I'll do my first IPS sale and I'll make my $4,000 a week. But it is that little bit of a journey. Um, so when you first were switching, did you have that end goal in mind from the get-go no. or is that no. a bit of an evolution? You know what it was? It was, a, it was an evolution and it was sort of a shock as it went along because I had really thought that no one was going to pay more than about $300. Mm-hmm. I remember my husband sitting me down and saying, you know, if you're going to keep doing this, you, you do know that you're losing more money than you're making, right? This is a very expensive hobby that you have. And I said, well, I know, but I just can't raise my prices anymore. Nobody's going to be willing to pay more. And he said, well, why don't you try, you know, this thing you've been talking about meeting with them in person, maybe, you know, push some prints, see if they'll buy it. And so he really was the one that kind of encouraged me to take that leap. And when it did start working and I did start making more money every time I thought, well, that's the most I'm going to be able to make in my area, right? I had this self-imposed path, like that's the most I'm ever going to make. And every time it would inch up and I would be like, you're kidding. Someone's willing to pay that much. I would call my husband on the way home and say, they just bought, you know, $2,500 worth of portraits. And he would say, what? (laughs) We couldn't believe it, you know, every time. And so it's been kind of this (laughs) like really fun journey of just, well, there is no cap. You know, it's just whatever cap I've been putting on myself mentally. That's where that cap has been, but it's not real. It's just in my head, you know, and it's funny to me because what I didn't know at the time is that uh, a friend of mine who I, I now consider a friend, but at the time I didn't know he existed. He was right down the road selling $20,000 sessions all the, all this time. And uh, I didn't know it. And so as I sat there saying, no one will pay more than 300, you know, this buddy of mine is making $20,000 per session in my same area. So that just goes to show you how much our perspective can be skewed by our own experience, but it's not necessarily real. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Oh, gee. And yeah, it really leads on from what Caitlin was saying before as well about how like, um, you know, how, how open a lot of photographers are now with their numbers through all these Facebook groups and, and everything, how we all in, um, interact, which is fantastic because, I mean, as long as you don't let it, you know, um, right. skew your goals, but yeah. for for really giving you a, um, a clear idea of what is actually possible. And, um, you know, imagine if you knew back then when you were saying, I can't charge more than $60, if you knew that just down the road, a guy was charging 20 grand, I mean, oh, completely open your mind. 
And uh, see, I totally can hear you as you say, you know, you put your own ceiling on. And you know what? Even I think I still do it. I mean, I think I do too. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, yeah. I actually, I had to shut, I mean, I shut down my photography business when I moved here this year, um, when I moved mm-hmm. to Italy. But my, at the time, like I had a top package, right? And my top package mm-hmm. was uh, 45 hundred dollars and so really I had put a ceiling on that nobody was uh, every now and again somebody would add one extra wall art to it or something but probably I created those prices still subconsciously even though I was very happy with those sales because as we saying before it fit my everything I mean where I lived and the cost of living and what my goals were and everything um but I think also the back of my mind there must have been like this um well, no one's going to pay mm-hmm. 7000 you know. Yes. <laughs> but they do. And we see it in your group all the time and, and other Facebook groups too that people do pay that kind of money. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. And you're, you're exactly right. That's the two-edged sword of these Facebook groups and these forums. Like we can see what's possible. So it opens our minds to the possibilities and it gives us hope and confidence. But also we can then play the comparison game and we can say, well, I'm never going to achieve that. I'm not as good as them. Or I've heard people say, well, I should just move to your area. And it's sort of like, it really doesn't have to do with those external things. It really has to do with that confidence and that cap that we set in our own minds. So again, <laughs> coming right back to where we started with the mental work, it's not all about the logistics. It really mm-hmm. is about that mental work and being being confident in what you offer and in your pricing, um, no matter where that where that level is today. And you know what? Today you may be a thousand dollar photographer or a five hundred dollar photographer. That's okay. No one is saying you have to achieve a certain level, right? But it's just whatever you want to achieve. Um, and then getting the mindset to allow you to hit that goal and not sabotaging yourself in the process. You know, it's so funny that you just mentioned the, um, Oh, maybe I should move to your area thing because that's literally the note that I had just written down before. (laughs) I feel like one of the number one, uh, self blocks that I Mm. think I see people make is I can't possibly make that much because of the area that I live in. Um, Is that something that you hear a lot? All the time, (laughs) all the time. And Mm. one of my favorite things about the Facebook group that um, that I'm, I'm part of is that someone will come in and say that they'll say, you know, I live in such and such area and there's just no way anyone here will be able to pay my prices. And then someone else from that area, sometimes two or three or four people will say, Hey, I live there too. And guess what? They are paying those prices. Hey, I live there too. (laughs) In fact, I saw one just yesterday. Someone said, I live in Arkansas, you know, and it's not a wealthy area. It's pretty rural. I just don't think anyone here is going to pay this. And a friend of mine came in and he posted a picture of a check. He said, well, we live in your same area and here's an $11,000 sale we just made yesterday. So you can put those fears to rest. (laughs) So I love that sense of support when we can actually help people see, no, that limit really is in your mind. It's not real. And look, here's proof because then it gives them so much confidence to move forward without that fear, you know? I want to really dive into this even more and also go also into like the different options for IPS as well. And if you can do it with just digital or if you have to do product and all of these things, let's save it for the members extended interview. So we'll wrap up part one now. We'll have all the links and the resources we've mentioned today in our show notes for this episode. Make sure you just jump onto the forward slash podcast 
forward slash 0807. And if you're a member of the club, uh, you can continue listening to part two of our interview in the member zone. If you're not a member, you can join today. It's just $10 a month and there's lots and lots and lots of great perks included as well as hearing the end of this interview. Now, please, um, for the listeners, if for some reason they aren't aware of you, please tell them how they can find you, all that you guys offer, IPS Mastermind, and um, how they can get yeah. around it. Yeah, absolutely. So what we've created for for anyone who's interested in this idea of in-person sales, marketing, pricing, all these kind of business topics that you want to learn about, we've created a program called Revive. Um, and that program really helps you to revive your business. I guess that's where the name comes from. Um, and it really is a step-by-step learning path to go from, you know, wherever you are to having a business which which you're confident, which you can sell in person and you can make a profitable living that you want to make, whatever your personal goals are, um, with as little stress in as little time as possible. So that kind of step-by-step journey is a very important piece of what we've created. Um, it's a membership. So you join and each month you pay a fee and what you get access to is all the learning materials, the videos, which are meant to be very concise. Most of them are just five, 10 minutes long because nobody has time to watch hours and hours. Um, but everything is jam-packed really <laughs> Nice. And then you get coaching, community, you get small accountability groups, which will help hold your hand and guide you through each of the steps in the process. It's really set up to be as easy to use as possible um, and get you maximum results in minimum time. It's called Revive. And you can find out about that program if you go to www.weloveips.com. We made it easy to remember. Weloveips.com has all the info. I'd love for you to check it out. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com. 